welcome to the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint on the BMG Network. Well, the news is not good. It's never good. And it hasn't been good here in this country, well, since Trump got out of office. The economy is in the tank. I know the, the Biden administration is touting it as uh, it's we're doing well. Biden is revving up his economy pitch, one headline puts it. But Moody's is down on the banks. Many banks are not in good shape. I'm reading some of the headlines from Drudge. Credit card balances above $1 trillion for the first time ever in this country. That's not a good thing. It's over a trillion dollars. I forget the exact number. $1.6 trillion maybe. Food prices are on the increase. I mean, it's not good. I don't care what Joe Biden says. It's not good. Anyway, uh, Ron DeSantis has finally admitted that Donald Trump lost the 2020 election. He was backed into a corner. Some interviewer kept at him and he said, yeah, well, yes, obviously he lost the election. Those are the big stories. Those are the headlines. I want to begin the program a little differently uh, this time around. Today's the 8th of August as I record this. It's Tuesday, the 220, uh, 220th day of the year. It, we're past the halfway point in 2023. The days are flying by. August always flies by. You know, and that's life. It kind of just moves quickly, especially the summer months. August 8th, 1974, I was in junior high school. President Nixon was facing new revelations in this Watergate scandal. He said he would resign the following day, and he did. And it was never proven that Nixon was part of the break-in at the Watergate Hotel, but he was implicated in the cover-up. And he he could have destroyed all those tapes. He had the 18-minute gap in, in some of the tapes. He could have destroyed all the tapes if he wanted to, but he didn't. He didn't. And compared to today's lightweights, especially in the Democratic Party, Nixon is Churchill. But he was forced to resign because the Senate was, I I guess they had the votes to uh, convict. So he resigned on August 9th, 1974. 1814, during the War of 1812, peace talks between the U.S. and Britain began in Ghent, Belgium. Of course, General Andrew Jackson was a war hero. Uh, in 1814, and he uh, defeated the Brits at the Battle of New Orleans, and of course became president in 1829, Andrew Jackson. But the Brits, uh, England never got over us defeating them in the war for our independence. They they burned the capital, the U.S. capital. They burned to the ground. Dolly Madison and uh, President Madison had to flee for their lives. But Jackson got even, and we eventually... Uh, restored order. A year later, 1850, Napoleon Bonaparte set sail for St. Helena to spend the remainder of his days in exile. And, uh, you know, Napoleon saved France from itself, from the Jacobin Revolution of 1789. And France has always been kind of uh, fallen prey to these left-wing revolutions. But it was Napoleon who actually, I think, saved France. 1861, biologist William Bateson founder of the science of genetics, born in Whitby, Yorkshire, England. 1911, President William Howard Taft signed a measure raising the number of U.S. representatives from 391 to 433, effective with the next Congress, with a proviso to add two more when New Mexico and Arizona became states. And by the way, I was reading something today about Taft. He was the last president with facial hair. All the early presidents, most of them had facial hair. I don't think, uh, the first four or five I don't think did. I don't think Jackson did either, come to think of it. But anyway, he was the last president, Taft, to have facial hair. He was also a heavyweight wrestling champion at Yale. 
which I didn't, I didn't know that about him. And some other interesting facts about uh, Taft. He was a very large man, as most people know. I think he was around 300 pounds. And uh, he went big. On this day in 1945, President Harry Truman signed the U.S. Instrument of Ratification for the U.N. Charter. A lot of conservatives of the day and of nowadays don't think that was a good idea. I guess I would have to include myself among them. But the president did what he thought was the best thing to do for world peace. The Soviet Union declared war against Japan during World War II, also on this day in 1945. 1953, the U.S. and South Korea initialed a mutual security pact. And here we are, you know, 70-some-odd years later, and the U.S. still has 25,000 troops, I believe, in South Korea. We have 800 military bases around the world. It's just unbelievable. Anyway, 1963, Britain's great train robbery took place as thieves made off with 2.6 million pounds in banknotes. 1973, Spiro Agnew, branded as Damned Lies, reports he had taken kickbacks from government contracts in Maryland. and He vowed not to resign, which he ended up doing because he took kickbacks. Uh, Let's see, what else happened? 2009, on this day, Sonia Sotomayor sworn in as the U.S. Supreme Court's first Hispanic and third female justice. She was an Obama appointee. A year ago, a Montana coroner said the death of uh, Superman actor Margot Kidder had been ruled a suicide from a drug and alcohol overdose. That was, uh, well, that was five years ago, I'm sorry. Ten years ago today, the U.S sharply escalated its drone war in Yemen, with military officials in the Arab country reporting three strikes that left a dozen people dead. Obama dropped more bombs, more drone attacks than any president in modern history. Actress Karen Black, one of my favorite actresses of the 1970s, she was featured in uh, some counterculture favorites as Easy Rider, Five Easy Pieces, and Nashville, she passed away in Los Angeles from cancer, she was 74. Glenn Campbell, Died two years ago today. Fine singer-songwriter, one of the great guitar pickers of all time. He was in his 70s. I forget his exact age. Olivia Newton-John, big in the 70s. She passed away a year ago uh, today. Birthdays today. Actor Nita Talbot is 93. Dustin Hoffman is 86 years old today. Actor Connie, uh, Connie Stevens. Connie Stevens is still around. 85 is Connie Stevens. A country singer, Phil Balsley of the Statler Brothers, is 84. Larry Wilcox, actor, 76. Actor Keith Carradine, he also had a hit record, Keith Carradine. The younger brother of David Carradine, he had a song called I'm Easy back in the mid-70s. Keith Carradine is 74. Radio TV personality Robin Quivers, uh, Howard Stern's uh, right-hand woman, is 71 years old today. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, 70. Donnie Most is 70. You remember him from Happy Days from the 1970s? He was Ralph Mouth. 70 years old is Ralph Mouth. Uh, Deborah Norville, TV anchor, and she still does some TV. She's 65 years old today. A couple of people here on the list I think most people would know. If you're a Yankee fan, as I am, first baseman Anthony Rizzo of the Yankees is 34. Pop singer Sean Mendez, 25 years old today. Let's talk a little bit about sports. There is a a trend in many sports, especially some of these women's sports. The uh, U.S. soccer team, the World Cup, we know about this uh, Rabineau, is that her name? The the, uh, the lesbian who uh, is not a fan of America. Yeah, I guess it's uh, it's fashionable, 
trendy, you might say, for some young athletes to trash America. I don't like it. I know most people listening to this broadcast don't like it. We heard about Brittany Griner. She was detained in Russia on drug charges and Biden's less than speedy effort to get her back back home. And I don't think a lot of people lost sleep over that. But there's, you know, professional sports is in some trouble. There's so many left wingers in professional sports, specifically in the NBA, in the WNBA, women's sports, and of course the the World's World Cup, the U.S. soccer team, the women's soccer team with that Rabino is that her name? I don't even know. I don't watch soccer. I think nobody watches soccer. I mean, as I said on Facebook the other day, I think uh, the the ratings for the World Cup are in the and the tank. CNN tried to carry it a few years ago. Nobody watched. Nobody cares about soccer. NPR is giddy over U.S. soccer, but nobody else really cares about it in the real world. We care about baseball, football, and basketball. In women's sports, we heard about uh, Brittany Griner. I mentioned her and her whole that whole kerfuffle about the national anthem. Spent 10 months in a Russian prison. Now the WNBA has somebody else, somebody named uh, Natasha Cloud. She plays for the Washington Mystics. I don't watch the WNBA, and again, not too many people do. Uh, I guess she said America was trash after the Supreme Court's ruling striking down affirmative action policies for college admissions, which it's about time the U.S. Supreme Court did the right thing and, and struck down affirmative action. It's, been a, it's a relic from the 60s. We don't need it any longer. But she felt the need to comment on it. She ripped the U.S. recently amid multiple rulings by the Supreme Court. Now, like she's some big expert on the law and about, you know, legal matters. She probably barely graduated high school, but she voiced her displeasure, not voice, but let people know on Twitter, like everybody now does nowadays, expressed her displeasure with with the country. And I'll give you the quote, our country is trash in so many ways. And instead of using our resources to make it better, we continue to oppress marginalized groups. Well, who, who would they be that we have targeted since the beginning of times? As we posted on Twitter, black, brown communities and LGBTQ plus, man, we are too powerful to still be attacking issues separate. I mean, aside from the horrible grammar, she's out to lunch. And on her Instagram, Cloud shared a story from CNN regarding the Supreme Court's ruling on affirmative action with Cloud writing, quote, keep on moving backwards. No, we're moving forwards. We're progressing. She should be happy about that. She's a progressive, she would probably say, but she called America trash. And they wonder why nobody watches the WNBA. That's one of the reasons, because a lot of these players are anti-American. Bunch of, you know, crybabies. They're overpaid and undereducated, and they think they got to comment on everything. I mean, they have a right to comment. We have free speech rights here in this country. We still have them, and we always will, by the way. I just, I don't, you know, I don't get it. Why anybody would watch the WNBA anyway. It's it's boring. I mean, some of the, the, the women are very, very skilled. They're great shooters, many of them, and there's no doubt about it. But they don't dunk. Let's face it. People want to see dunks. That's why the NBA is popular, because there are a lot of dunks and three-pointers. You just don't get that in women's play. On to a football story. And, you know, I normally don't do a lot of sports stories unless they uh, involve politics or, you know, the the cultural divide that we have in this country. That's why I mentioned the WNBA story. But there's a, a commentator, sports commentator. I guess he's got a pretty good relationship with uh, former Packer quarterback Aaron Rodgers. He's trashed 
Jordan Love. He said this this young quarterback can't play football. This uh, Adam Shine. It looks to me, and I shouldn't judge people by their looks, but Adam Shine probably can't even toss a football. But here he is saying that Jordan Love can't play football. I mean, that's a bit premature. I mean, they've, he hasn't, I don't think he's even taken a snap yet, Love, uh, in, in, the, uh, in the preseason. They're just going through drills. They're just beginning the, the process. But, you know, these people, some of these guys want to make a name for themselves. So they figure if they get out in front and make a prediction, Jordan Love's going to fail as quarterback of the Packers. If he does fail, they'll say, see, I told you so. And they make a name for themselves that way. Uh, but Shine hosts a daily radio show on Sirius XM. Is he serious? I guess it's in the mornings. And then he then he hosts a weekday TV show on CBS Sports Network at Figures. He was the latest to offer his quote-unquote expert commentary on the Packers' 24-year-old quarterback. Now, he said, I loathe love, which was the play on words, I loathe love. Uh, Shine began in his, uh, his vitriol of love during a segment titled Love or Loathe on his Time to Shine show last week. How clever. Despise love, he continued. I mean, everyone looks great during preseason practices, except apparently for Jordan Love, who by his own admission has struggled. Now, uh, to give you a little background, I've been a Packer fan since I was seven years old, so it's 57 years. Jordan Love uh, was selected by the Packers in the first round in the 2020 NFL Draft. Rodgers now has moved on and is uh, quarterbacking for the Jets. So there's going to be some growing pains this year. The guy is, you know, he's never started a game for the Packers. I don't think he has. He's played some backup. He's filled in for Rodgers on a few occasions. But this year is going to be a year we'll see what Jordan Love is made of. Now, it takes quarterbacks years to develop and to, you know, reach their potential. Phil Simms for the Giants, it took him four or five seasons to hit his stride. Many quarterbacks take many years before they're successful. Terry Bradshaw had a rough rookie season when he came in with, uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, but he was he's an all-time great quarterback. He's a Hall of Famer, and I could go on and on. But the, some of the training camps uh, the Packers have held uh, have been difficult for the for the offense in particular, and that's not unusual because defense usually has the upper hand. Because especially the Packers' defense, they have uh, many they have many veterans on the defensive squad, so I mean they know kind of what to look for. I mean, key the Packers have a very young offense, and uh, so they're stepping into prominent roles. Love among them, he's in the most prominent role, being quarterback. But this Shine, this you know backbencher. Who's ever heard of Adam Shine? I don't get Sirius XM radio yet anyway. And, I, you know, CBS giving him his own talk show or his own host a, a sports show. He looks to be about 30, maybe. And I don't know what his background is. Uh, if he's if he's ever played sports, he, he probably hasn't. But uh, anyway, so you have players on defense, I guess, calling out the offense is what Shine said. This is flat a flat-out debacle. It's also predictable because Jordan Love cannot play football. As simple as that. That's a quote from him. I mean, for a sportscaster, as some no-name, to say Jordan Love can't play football, we're going to find out how well he can play in a month when the Packers open up their season. All right, one final thing. We're in the middle of a tumultuous political climate. I mean, we just got done with July. The month of July was wickedly hot and humid. It rained pretty, pretty much every day. Nationwide heat wave, which is not unusual for the month of July. But Hillary Clinton went on Twitter, and this is an old story, maybe a week or two, to express her opinion on what she believes is America's greatest crisis. Now, with the heat in July and early August, what do you think it is? Three guesses. 
and the first two don't count. Well, yeah, climate change. Now, we have a lot more important problems, I think, facing this country than climate change. But she's drawn criticism from those who disagree with her assessment that the weather is the, the, the thing that's most paramount. Now, typically, I mean, summer is typically hottest in July and early August. That's We're in the dog days of, of summer. But for her to focus on, her attention on such a mundane issue, but she also offered a solution to the problem. Remove Republicans from office and cool things off. That's a quote from her Twitter account. I mean, this is, I mean, these Democrats are shameless using the, the weather in July as a reason to get rid of Republicans. I mean, obviously, she's an election denier. They accused Trump of election denying uh, in 2020. But I mean, Mrs. Clinton's to this day will maintain she won the 2016 election, which she clearly lost. So that's Democrats. They, they see climate change as the, the issue of our times. I mean, I don't think it is. It's not even in the top 10. Most Americans think we need to secure the border. We need to get out of the Ukraine war because we're directly involved in it. It's a proxy war, but we are actually at war with Russia. U.S. drones are attacking Russians. Yes, the uh, Ukrainians are operating them, but it's, it's a proxy war. That's the issue. The border, the economy, affordability, those are the issues that Americans care most about, not about the, the climate. It's unbelievable. Actually, it is very believable. If you get inside the head of a Democrat, which I wouldn't want to try to do because there's something wrong with them. They're, they're insane liberals. Absolutely insane. That's going to wrap things up. Thanks very much, folks, for tuning us in. Don't forget, we have a bunch of fine programming for you on the BMG Network. This program, The Pac-Man with me, Ted Flint. We have uh, The Essentials with my daughter, Maddie Flint. And uh, Adrian Ross has a show up there, too. And a couple of other new shows. Check them out, the bmgnetwork.com if you want to contact me directly. It is Pac-Man, P-A-C-M-A-N, at the BMG Network.com, all lowercase. Don't forget, hit like. like. If you like this program, like, subscribe, and share. And tell your friends about us on social media. Thanks for tuning us in. And if the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.